Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast. I am John Phipps and here with me in an underground car park is, uh, is Matt Gerrard. I don't think we can say yet why we're together on a Wednesday in early May, but if you stay tuned to our social media over the summer, I'm sure you will find out. Um, but, but aside from that, Matt, how are you? I'm an underground park? We should be in an underground disco or something like that. Underground car park. It doesn't get, doesn't get much exciting than this, does it really? I have to say. And it's raining as well. I think if it doesn't get much more exciting, this well, how can it? It's not raining down here, is it? For a start, <laughs> no, but. that's true. But it, it's a little bit wet, so somebody's trying to get in the car and make sure to avoid. <laughs> no, it's fine. Car. It's all fine. Everything's fine. We've had drama with my car yeah, exactly. before. That yeah, exact true. same wing mirror, in fact. To be brutally honest with you. Um, anyway, it's our fortieth show this week, which is of course a Ruby anniversary. Sadly, though, there's no um, Ruby Murray for us today. Yeah. But in celebration, I think we're going to play Ruby by the Kaiser Chiefs later on, nice and loud, maybe. I like that song. Yeah. I quite like the Kaiser Chiefs. They went a bit mainstream, though, didn't they? Well, they did. I mean, they, they, but they were quite mainstream with that sort of album, weren't they? But we went, we went to see them actually um, a couple of years ago at a racetrack, uh, horse races. So there was yeah. horse racing, then the Kaiser Chiefs. And it was only when you when you sort of saw them, you realised how many good songs they've actually got. So a good band. The That's the guy Chiefs. on the Voice, isn't it? Or used to be on the yeah. Voice. Yeah, I th- yeah, he's got a bit mainstream. I think it probably should be. when they called it after Lucas Radaby's team, you thought they were a bit. Hip and trendy, but now when you go on The Voice, you're not really that hip and trendy. Talking of that, actually, there was a really good um, tweet the other day, which I retweeted from my own account, which was um, about a big fight at a Kaiser Chiefs game, and someone just tweeted, just tweeted saying, their namesakes predicted this one, which I thought was very, <laughs> oh, very good. Very good, That is a good song as well, yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, anyway, Matt, before we get into what is going to be a very busy um, show, I know you like to talk about the TV, so I've got two quick recommendations for you. Yep. First of all, uh, you're going to have to move quickly for this one. There's a show that they are saying is Scandi-inspired, so whoa, whoa. Like, a bit oh, like yeah. the bridge, on BBC Wales called Keeping Faith. Um, it's broken all sorts of records for the BBC iPlayer, but if you want to watch it, you've only got until Friday before they take it off iPlayer. Do you know how many episodes it is? Eight. Oh, that's a lot, isn't it? It is a lot. I've, I've watched all eight. We've watched them over the course of about a week. Is it a murder one? Um, Misper. Oh, right. Somebody uh, might have recommended something like that. Something... My wife looks follow somebody on Facebook and they recommended a programme. One of them, one of it was the split on BBC One. Yeah. And that one was that. So, yeah. Well, that's a lot of hours in the next few days to give it. Keeping the faith, right? I'll, uh, I'll keeping put that in faith. Mem- keeping faith. I'll put that in the memory bank. Yeah. And my second recommendation is somewhat at the other end of the spectrum, but 9pm on Wednesday, so before most people listen to this, the new series of Taskmaster starts on Dave. I only discovered Taskmaster earlier this year. I've watched all the previous five series on catch-up, and I'm really rather giddy about this new series. Uh, what's Taskmaster about? It's basically um, five sort of comedians. They're not all... like normal comedians so they're not all people that you'd think would be people that you'd know and um, they get set a series of ridiculous tasks uh, it's got Greg Davis out of the Inbetweeners is the taskmaster right. and he's got a sidekick called Alex Horn it's all down to this guy called Alex and um, they'll get the five celebrities they'll do them separately they'll film it over a number of months and they'll have to do things like ridiculous tasks like you know um, they'll go to a park and there'll be a shopping trolley on one side it'll be like get all the items from this side over the lake into the into the oh, shopping right. train, and they all come up with different interpretations of doing it, um, and they get points, uh, and then it's like a series five, five, six, seven, eight episodes, and at the end of the series, there's a series champion, and the same five people every week, and uh, it's it's you know it's always really really entertaining. It just makes me laugh. There was I was watching an old one the other day. Um, the task was to take three yoga balls and put them on the yoga mat that was at the top of the hill. And four of them ran up the hill with the yoga balls and they kept falling down. Richard Osman was on it from Pointless. And he went upstairs, um, got the yoga mat, brought it down, put it on the put it on the ground. That was that. And he, he won the task. He got the most points. So. But, but also, that television programme, The Bridge starts a week Friday, um, 9 o'clock BBC Two. The big discussion my wife and I had yesterday, do we watch it week on week or binge watch it in one big hit? At the moment, binge watching in one big hit. So, the greatest program ever. And it's the last series, isn't it? That's it. Finished. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. There hasn't been much on the telly, to be honest. We'll still continue to watch Friends. And again, so that was series three, episode twenty. So uh, there's about nine series of that. So uh, I'm not going to watch Keeping the Faith if I'm continuing to watch Friends, am I? Well, no, indeed. Anyway, we've talked about some light-hearted stuff now. So let's go on to the football and. and it's got to be said that in most cases, Abacus Saturday turned into Frustration Saturday. Um, we're going to talk about the National League very shortly, but I've got to admit, I nearly had an on-air breakdown during my radio show. I've not mentioned that before, have I? I've started doing the sports show on 106.9 SFM, which is also available on Radio Play if you're not in the Sittingbourne area, uh, about 10 to 5, when in the space of a minute, there was a simultaneous heartbreak for Dartford and Hythe. 
Um, the darts did everything they needed to do, winning at Bogdanomegis, and 10 minutes from time, title roll was having at Waterloo were pegged back to 2-2, so darts were heading for the National League. But then right at the death, up popped Jason Pryor to break darts' hearts. I guess, Matt, that they weren't expecting to win the league on Saturday after that midweek 6-1 win for Haven, and they did everything they could, but it's still going to be tough for Tony Berman's men to come back from that when they start their playoff campaign on Sunday. Yeah, I spoke to a couple of people I know, Mike Saunt, who listens to the show who I work with, and he's a big dart for fan goes everywhere. And he said, it's the hope that kills you in these things, isn't it, really? Because I was driving back from, from my game, and I think Haven were tuning up after ridiculous 10 minutes or something, so I thought, oh, it's all over. Then it back to 2 all. Dartford finally went in front, got a little bit nervy when the penalty went in and he, they, they were celebrating, thought they'd done it. Then Jason Pryor, who basically had a spell at Dartford and he couldn't hit a banjo, really. Um, Same at Margate, he struggled at Margate. Yeah, so, um, and seeing the highlights, he sort of scuffed it in the corner, Ben. So, it's absolutely heartbreaking. The Dartford fans you speak to, they're concerned that Chelmsford, who knocked them out last year, they've beaten them this time, had a little bit of wobble that Darren Ibrahim punched the ball in his own net. They're a little bit concerned a, they've got to you know get past the first game first. That Chelmsford will come and do them, of course, because Chelmsford lost to Ebbsfleet last year when they and Ebbsfleet were down to ten men. So, yeah, it's heartbreaking. But nine wins on the spin, they've just got to forget about that now. Right, we've done these nine. There's two more wins and we've done it. So it's just a little bit frustrating. I just always felt they haven't had a little bit more in the tank than um, than Dartford. So it's going to be really, really interesting the next couple of games. It's going to be a nervy time as well. We don't know who they're going to play. I think the um, consensus that Hemel Hempstead is the one they want to play. The thing is, it's, it's two home wins for Dartford. They're good at home, so you'd like to think that they'll be able to take that away, you know. And I guess it's hard for Tony Berman to pick his team up after that. But all they've got to do is go there, win two home games, which they've done plenty of times this season, and then they've done it. And yeah, if it is Chelmsford, but Chelmsford have had a little bit of a wobble lately yeah. as well. So there's no guarantees that Chelmsford are going to win their 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 semi-final anyway as it will be so you would have to hope but I, I, I'm still backing Dartford I've been backing them all along they're in brilliant form if they hadn't just missed out on the, on the title on goal difference you'd be looking at them saying well they're these teams we don't want to play so they've just got to be positive they've got a good, a good players Alfred Pavey National League South Player of the Year as well nothing to fear for Dartford I don't think yeah you just got to when they turn up 3 o'clock on Sunday forget about it you know they're missing out on goal difference you've just got to two games as you say to win those matches and they'll be promoted and and that's what we all want because it hasn't gone too well for us the last couple of days has it don't I, I, I just can't I, I've been so positive all season it's been brilliant we had so many teams in and about and literally by the time we record the show next week it could be all over in, in a negative way as well um, I mean the other team who had the heartbreak on Saturday were High Town and we're not just set for a playoff spot but a home semi-final as well but then the last Garth Corinthian casuals goal made it 1-1 at Reachfield and then the playoff spot knocked Hyde down to 7th and knocked them out of the playoffs completely. Um, and in the playoffs, Corinthian casuals took advantage by beating Greenwich and I headed up to Hayes Lane on Tuesday night where I saw a cracking game between Cray Wanderers and Morton Casuals. Wanderers fell behind early on but led at the break despite having Zach Henry sent off. Cray started the second half well but an absolute howitzer from Daryl Coleman levelled matters before Stuart Baldwin put the casuals back in front. Michael Power looked to have made it 3-3 but the whistle had already gone for a foul by a casual defender. By this time, Cray were really going for it. And after a J-leader mistake, Josh Kelly made it 4-2. Jackson Mutis made it 5-2. It was a brilliant, brilliant game. But obviously, as you're going to hear now, Cray boss Tony Russell was a very disappointed man. Yeah, obviously disappointed. Um, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a tough game. Um, I think their goal kick was most outstanding. So it's crucial moments. Obviously, the same. Sending off changes the game. Um, second one to me wasn't a wasn't a yellow card. Um, it, you know, from what I see, it's a 50-50. But obviously, their bench will run round and start pointing at referees and screaming. And you know, he started the game yellow card, yellow card, yellow card, and then he stopped giving out yellow cards. I don't understand. He got a bit carried away himself, and it's cost us ultimately. But you know, we've got to look at ourselves. That's our seventh red card this year, which ain't good enough, and it's cost us. And um, it's what sums our season up. Even after the red card, you came back and you were 2-1 up at half-time. And, and I guess they sort of changed their shape at the break, didn't they? And, and that kind of made a difference. Well, no, we was quite comfortable. We, we, we were letting that have in it and we were just shuffling over. There wasn't, I mean, if you, if you, barring the last 10 minutes when we went through it at the back, I don't remember Bluey didn't have a save to make. So he wasn't actually creating anything. I mean, it's their goalie was making the saves. So he was happy. They was just going sideways. And then, the, to be fair, the guys at a worldie from, from 
you know, 25 yards out, stuck it in the top bins, which obviously, which obviously changes the game. Um, yeah, but you know, I was happy. I'm proud of the players. You know, I, I knew what we've got. We've got great character. And we've got, you know, the boys are decent. Um, so it's obviously a bit of pill to swallow at the moment. And that decision when that header comes down and the referee blows his whistle and Michael Powell rockets it into the top corner. I mean, that's that, that would have made it three-three, and we could still be playing now, couldn't we? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but even even the one there, like you know, when we've edited it and it's off the po- off the cro- like Charlie's hit the underside of the bar, then we've hit the bar there. It's come back to Marcus on the line. The goalie's pulled off a worldie. That's a three-two. You know, in the big moments, it just it just wasn't going to be our night. It just it just wasn't for us. I don't know. I don't know why that was, but it's disappointing. Obviously, you know, we put ourselves in a good position. You know, we dug ourselves out of a hole. We bit the woodwork a couple of times. The keeper's pulled off a couple of unbelievable saves and. So, yeah, but it is what it is and we have to really lick our wounds and come back again next year. I was going to say, obviously, it's very raw at the moment, but on the whole, you've had a brilliant season, haven't you? It's just a shame it hasn't ended with promotion. Yeah, I think the hardest thing to take is that we've been so many dips in terms of we've been so high with 20-odd games unbeaten. Then we had two sent off against Lewis and then probably got a suspension from the game against Sittingbourne and all them, I think he was at that game, but, that game. <laughs> but the night before the Sittingbourne game, a further three games come through on the back of that. So we had three suspended and then we got a couple of injured at home by the week like we had fight and then we had that blip. So we've had loads of highs and a couple of poor areas, which, was, which has cost us. We've just got to make sure that you know, we, we don't re-sign the boys that have let us down by discipline. We've got, you know, add one or two to what already is a really, really good group and and go forward again it's hard at the moment to think about it but you know, that's what it's going to have to be I suppose next season you know, people will know what to expect a little bit more from you and, and you'll be a, an absolute threat and I've got no doubt you'll be up there again yeah I mean as I say I don't know the structures of the league what central north wherever we're going to be but um, no, we'll do us you know, we'll, we'll come back and go again and we've just got to use this you know, as a tool to motivate us you know what I mean and, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to do that and come back stronger and I mean, just generally, you know, you, you've put in, you've put in a really good shift. Your boys have put in a, a brilliant shift all season, and it's just so frustrating to come up so so close. Yeah, but if you're going to lose, that's how you've got to lose. You give everything you've got, and you've done the club proud. You know, you see the fighting spirits. I mean, one nil down, ten men, and they come back and got yourself two one up. And so I'm I'm massively proud of them. Um, it was just a step too far for us today and you know, fair play to Walton Casuals and good luck to him in the final. I guess you didn't probably enjoy it as much but it was a brilliant game for the neutrals. It's what the playoffs are all about, isn't it? Oh, I knew it would be a good game. Um, you know, they're attacking, we're attacking. It's always going to be like that. It's always going to be goals and it's always got to be a loser, you know, and it's not nice. Um, like I say, I'm sure it was a good game because we, we had a right go, you know, and we give as good as we got but it just wasn't to be. Matt, I, I said a couple of times on Twitter while I was at that game, I love the playoffs, but what a... I mean, it was it was a brilliant game, but what a disappointment for Cray after the superb season they've had. Yeah, I think maybe you, you look at it, when they won 9-1, it probably derailed their season a little bit when they beat Ashford because they were on fire. We had Tony Russell on, he was very confident they could get promoted. And again, was the sending off, he didn't think it was justified. Did you think it was two yellows? I, I, I think it was, yeah. I think that when the tackle went in, uh, some of the people around me were suggesting it might even be a straight red. Um, and it, 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 there was a few challenges that flew in like that, to be honest, last night, where the, both, both players were going for the ball. No malice in it at all. But when you've been booked, it's one of those, isn't it? When you've had a yellow card, you can't be in a situation where you make the ref make that decision. You know, and it, it, is, it is difficult. I mean, I can understand... I can understand Tony Russell's frustration. You know, it, may, it probably wasn't as bad as it looked on, especially because it was on the far side of the pitch from where I was, so he, pro- he had a much better view of it than I did. But we've said it before, you can't make the ref have to make that decision, can you? Well, in a big game like that, the referee's you know, got to be thinking what well, he's right. He's going to make the decision. He's, he's probably a, d- a decent referee if he's managed, uh, referee in that game. So, yeah, it's just disappointing. I suppose, Cray, have they overachieved the season? Arguably, yes. They weren't one of the sides we didn't think would be in the playoffs from the Kent contingent of sides but they had such a good start to the season didn't lose many games up to about January, February time and just went a little bit wrong after that but I'm sure they'll regroup but the biggest task they have is to get that ground they've had it agreed they've got the Mayor of London has got to sanction it again and then they go from there but I think they're going in the right direction and talking about we've talked about Michael Power a few times seen him around I don't know how old he is 34, 35 older still, I think still, got a, still does the business 
Well, yeah, I mean, he, he, he came on last night. He was only on the bench. Um, Charlie McDonald started, and he's 36, 37 now as well, which is a, is a fine age, not too old. Um, but, you know, I, that, for me, is the biggest question that Tony, uh, that Tony Russell's got to face, is that his two main strikers are both in their late 30s. So that, for me, is the one area where he's got to strengthen it. And the other difficulty they're going to have is that teams are going to know a bit more about Cray. They're going to know what they're getting from them. And I think they may find things a little... You know, they'll be not so much of an unknown quantity. Because, they, like you say, at the start of the season, we weren't expecting them to be where they are. But Tony Russell's a very good manager. He's got a very good history. Um, perhaps we shouldn't have doubted them. But I think we were tough. That, and he did also say as well, we don't know what league we're going to be in yet. I mean, is there a possibility? I haven't checked my permutations lately. But you never know. They might get chucked into the, into the North League. And if they do that, I think they'll romp it. Because I think that the Bostic South is a much stronger league than the Bostic North. And do you think they'd want to move into North? Do you want to go over the Dartford Tunnel and no, crossing every week? Uh, probably not. No. I would say that they'd probably be better, happier in the South where they are. And, and it does make a difference to what sort of players you can attract as yeah. well, I think. Um, it would be interesting to see um, what, where that sort of heads. And, and obviously we'll, we'll find out in time. And, and obviously we mentioned them before we played that, but Hightown, what a brilliant end to the season they've had. And then literally a, a scrappy goal in the last minute and it, and it all goes wrong for them. Yeah. Would you, would you rather not? They've got to get over that now because you always look again a bit like Dartford. Maybe you're always looking back what could have been when you start the season. But Denley's done a brilliant job from there. I'm sure there'll be a turnover of players. He'll bring players in. Maybe he's worked with him before that he couldn't get in the in the during the season. Yeah, great season. But you probably know it. when you get to those sort of things, you'll be looking at games. What? Oh, if we'd have picked up there, if we'd have done that there, we might have got in there. But that's the most fr- frustrating thing. He'd probably rather have lost that game 2-0 being down with after 80 minutes than conceding in that because that, that dressing room must have been really down at that point. But he's got to look at himself and think, what a job we've done here. They're going to be one of the favourites next season, I would have thought, in that division if he can keep the players in. People like Zach Ansar, will he go back to a higher level? be interesting to see what they do. But he's done a decent job there. And you've got to, you know, accentuate the positives, as they say, rather than the negatives of losing that in the final seconds. And with the pre-season as well, I think that you know Hyde will be able to sort of really hit the ground running, you know, because the games have come so thick and fast. I doubt Denny's done a lot of training with them, so he'll be able to get, you know, if he can keep most of that squad together, get them in pre-season, work them how he wants to work them, get everything moulded into even more into his style. You know, we've seen that he's done a great job there. And I think there's no reason why they won't be changing. They'll definitely be in the in the south next year as well. They won't move them. No, no, no. But again, and hopefully the other Kent sides, maybe they'll strengthen Ashford. Gary Alexander's already got a new assistant manager in John Mackey, which I think he's worked with him at Orient and will play with him at there. So Ashford, big things will come of our Kent sides, and I think a lot of them at the lower reaches of the table, and sitting born with a young manager as well. We'll keep an eye on that. They'll look to see they should be having a better season than they did this year. Make, make, let's make the Devon Bostick South of Kent League again. Well, exactly, and like the likes of Ramsgate as well. You know, mm. they've got got long players who will have learnt a lot from this year. Um, and you know that, like you say, it's it, obviously going to be twenty teams in there next year. But my reckoning, if Cray don't move across, twelve of them are going to be from Kent. All oh, right. Um, because you've got the likes of um, obviously we've got Seven Oaks and Whitstable coming up. And then you've got the 10 that we've had this season as well. So it's going to be very much a Kent-based league unless they start moving teams around. So 50% chance one of them's going to win then. <laughs> well, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? Um, anyway, we've already talked about two teams whose fate changed late on. So we're going to have another one, Folks and Invicta. They were 2-1 up at Champions Billericay and heading for a home tie against Hendon on Thursday night. But late goal meant that that game finished 2-2 and instead Neil Cuggley's men now go to West London to face Hendon on Thursday night. But do Invicta have anything to fear? After last week's Kent Senior Cup final defeat, I caught up with top scorer Adi Youssef, who was incredibly disappointed to lose to Maidstone in that game, but he insists there's nothing for Invicta to worry about in the playoffs. So, um, obviously you're disappointed but to, to lose the Kent Senior Cup, but what a season you've had at Folkestone. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's hard to talk now because obviously the emotions are quite high because before we done, probably deserved a bit more out of the game, but it wasn't to be at the end. But yeah, definitely got the playoffs to look forward to and... Uh, hopefully some better results. How much confidence does the way you've played against a team two leagues above you give you going into those playoffs? <sighs> the manager stresses it every time we go out and play. Like We can match anyone because we have desire, we've got work rate, we've got the attitude to, to go and really match anyone for desire, work rate, everything. So, um, yeah. Well, I'm convinced we're, we, we can do well against a lot of sides and 
yeah, obviously, like I said, I'm quite disappointed at the moment, so it's hard to really get my words out and explain. But, um, yeah, I think, I think we've got a lot to offer. You've had a great season as well. You've scored plenty of goals, haven't you? Yeah, I wish, I, I wish I could have scored a few more. Um, that's something I've, I've been, I look to work on, like my, fin- my finishing really. Like as, m- as much many goals as I've scored, I still think there's room for improvement there. Like there's chances I've probably wasted. I get chances every game, I think. So I've really looked to score in every game, and obviously, like to the, tonight, where to be. So yeah. Plenty of penalties you've tucked away as well. You, you, I suppose that, that's obviously you've just lost on penalties. So, but you you, you tucked yours away well. But throughout the season, you, you've certainly had plenty of chances from the spot, haven't you? Yeah. Um, the way we play, we're dynamic. We put t- a lot of teams on the back foot, and we get into the box a lot, and we commit people. And obviously, there's a lot of fouls going in. And yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm confident in my finishing, especially from the spot. So yeah, whenever the chance comes to step up, I'm more than happy to take it. You built a really good partnership with Joe Taylor as well, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. JT's he's probably not played as much of the role that he probably deserves at times. Um, but he's a he's a great character. He's really professional, and yeah, definitely, I love playing with him. Drakes and Johan as well. They're all we've we got. Like I've said before, we've got probably the best front line in our league, and um, yeah, everyone chips in with goals. We're all in double figures, almost near 20, all of us. So, yes, yeah, excellent. It's an excellent bunch of boys to work with, really. And you've obviously already signed up for next season as well, so you must love it, at Folkestone. Yeah, do you know what, like. I've been here, there and everywhere and finally I found somewhere where the manager appreciates me. I go out and I give him 110% every week and yeah, so I'm delighted to have signed up for the next season and hopefully um, push on even further and get to achieve my goals. And just finally the playoffs again, you've got nothing to fear and you're hoping, you're still hopeful that you'll get any minutes on a trophy in the playoffs. No, definitely not. There's nothing to fear. Well, we're a strong bunch of boys. We're confident, and um, definitely, especially like today, we take that we take confidence from that, and we think that, and on, the, on any given day, we can beat anyone. So yeah, looking forward to the playoffs, definitely. Um, obviously, Matt, he was incredibly disappointed last week. Uh, he he could barely speak at, at, at times during that interview, but he's had a fantastic season, Yusuf, and they're going to go there on Thursday night against Hendon, and they've got nothing to fear, have they, folks? And nothing at all. No, Neil Cuggley will be absolutely gutted because I think he, he really wanted a home tie in that. Hendon, a good standard non-league side at that level. Um, I don't I think I've ever been in the Conference South. I don't think they probably have. So it's a tough place to go. But Folkestone will score goals. They'll concede them as well. So it's a, it's, it's a tough place to go. I fancy Folkestone at home. Hendon, probably be a, I think they're 3G as well, Hendon, I think. So um, they've got to uh, look at that as well as a factor. But Folkestone will score. If they can keep them out. What we saw against Maidstone and the thing, I thought defensively they were pretty tight. They've had a good season. I think they deserve to be in the playoff final and anything can happen from there. So, just got to go in there. Yusuf, good player as well. He's had a great season. But again, we saw the hunger and in, in the desire in those Folkestone players. And I think, even though they've overachieved, I think they want to finish this target, at least get to the final, then anything can happen. And if they've got Dulwich in the final, we know Dulwich's history in the playoffs as well. It's been pretty dreadful losing final after final. Folkestone will go in there with a little bit of chance, but it's a tough place to go. But nothing to fear because they score goals, Folkestone, so um, they go into that game thinking that they can do Hendon, I think. Well, Hendon scored goals as well. They've got a, a lad whose name escapes me at the moment. He's been an absolute goal machine for them. He's got about 40 goals, I think, this season. But Hendon obviously have got playoff history as well because they were the team who lost to Margate yep. a couple of years ago, um, which a game that I was at, um, which was a very memorable afternoon. That was when they were playing at Harrow. But they, you know, they're they're a good side. They also were involved in the craziest game of football I've ever seen, which finished uh, Margate four, Hendon four, and I'm not lying to you, but defending was very much lacking that night. And that was about three weeks before that playoff final. And if if they hadn't deleted all the archives, I'd still go back and read that match report I wrote that night because it is just the most mental thing I've ever written in all of my days. Um, we're not ignoring other games that happened at the weekend that didn't really have anything riding them, but I think this week, with so much going on, we decided we're just going to bring you plenty of interviews and other content, but we are going to look back at all the rest of the teams before the end of the season when we do a sort of more reflective show. Um, we're going to move on now to the National League then, where three of our Kent teams could have made the playoffs, but only one did. Ebbsfleet played their quarter-final game at Aldershot on Wednesday night, um, and depending on when I get round to editing it, I may add something in. If not, good luck to Ebbsfleet. Um, 
I mean, commiserations if you've lost. Good luck in the next round if you've won. Um, but whatever happens, Matt, it's been a really memorable season for Ebbsfleet United, hasn't it? I think if we look back on episode one or two, I think I tipped them to be in the playoffs. So there you go. So I, I do know something about football. Yeah, they're, they're in a habit of winning football matches. And the end of the season has been absolutely fantastic for them. Um, and you have to give them a bit of credit. They've travelled length and breadth of the country in all those away games. And they've managed to get the, the points on the board. So have they got a chance against all the shot? You know, this may be irrelevant when people are listening to this, but... I think they probably have because they've got match winners. I don't think Aldershot are as good as they were last season. I don't think they've got match winners. Corey Whiteley's a match winner. Danny Cadwell could be a spot for Kemp non-league Kemp podcast non-league player of the year. Still going at his age, banging hat tricks in. A real talisman for 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 Ebbsfleet. Yeah, I think Ebbsfleet have got a good chance. Aldershot last season um, lost in the playoffs at home heavily to, to Tranmere, which may affect them a little bit. And, we know about Ebbsfleet. They know they've probably been the most consistent side in the playoffs. Them and Dulwich are always in the playoffs every year. So they've got nothing to fear there. They'll be well supported. I just fancy they could get a result because they've got the quality in the side who can change a game. I don't really think Aldershot, who don't score as many goals as they would like, can do that. So good luck to them. Fair play. The league is what it is after 46 games. They were Kent's number one non-league side. So the league table doesn't lie, does it? If you look at it that way. Wow, what a night for Ebbsfleet United. They were 1-0 down deep into it, injury time. Dave Winfield popped up, got them a 1-1 draw after 120 minutes at uh, Aldershot in their playoff eliminator quarter-final, essentially. But um, they were then 3-1 down in the penalty shootout, missed two penalties. So Aldershot had two chances to win it. They didn't take either of them. The Aldershot goalkeeper Lewis Ward, former Margate Loney, hit the post with his penalty in sudden death. Dean Rance stepped up. Ebbsfleet United win that game 5-4 on penalties. They want to play Tranmere this weekend in a huge game with the winner earning a place at Wembley in the final next week. Absolutely sensational. Ebbsfleet United will be absolutely thrilled with the way they've come back to win that game and earn themselves a a vital win on, on penalties to get themselves into... It's going to be tough at Prenton Park, let's, let's make no bones about it, but what a phenomenal effort that is from Ebbsfleet. They have had a brilliant 2018, absolutely superb, fair play to them, and we wish them all the luck in the world at Tranmere this weekend. So, I, I, I think we put it off for long enough then. I've tried to spare him a little bit, but we've got to talk about Dover. They, they did their bit, beating Woking, relegating the hosts, but Fylde's 0-0 draw with Wrexham was enough for them to take the final playoff spot from the Whites on goal difference. Um, after the game, Matt caught up with Chris Kinnear. And I know we've had Chris Kinnear on the show a few times this year, but for me, this is the best interview we've had with him. Um, and then after that, you'll also hear a little bit from a, a dejected Giancarlo Gallifuco. Well, first of all, good news. The chairman says you're here next season. You can start again. But how galling is it to miss out on goal difference? Nah, massively, massively uh, disappointed. I mean, look at us. Uh, we're disappointed, but... I'm proud after, in August, everyone had written us off. Uh, and you look at Me the included, so, you know, fair play to you. Yeah, you had a bit of a dig at us, <laughs> didn't you? But no, no, which, again, it was... Uh, we wanted to keep a lot of them, but they all wanted to go off and to other things. Um, so, you know, um, what can you do? We've, got some, we've signed some good young lads already that were with us this year. Unfortunately, Toby and uh, Jamie uh, haven't really played a part last three quarters of the season which they would have been a massive for us a true great forwards uh, and Brundle's only a kid and he's captain so uh, unfortunately um, unfortunately it hasn't been but uh, can't feel sorry for yourself I've, I've enjoyed it this year I think everybody has um, and if you look about uh, all the players all the clubs above us they're all paying big bucks compared to us so you know we're trying to back that trend and not be the Spending out loads of money, but trying to be organised and uh, have a close, close knit squad. I mean, it shows you what people think about the club because you've got Ricky Miller turned up today. Well, the chairman said he might be. He's got issues, but if, interesting if he's available, he'd like to bring him back. Yeah, well, he would do. Look at him here. He was here with his son, wasn't he? You know, he's come all the way from Peterborough, or Mansfield, really, even further, uh, just to be here today. Uh, so it just shows you what a good club, if, 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 and he appreciates what we did for him. And uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but again, you know, we can't feel sorry for ourselves now. We've started trying to rebuild, and, and but we don't need a... Hopefully, we won't need a massive 
turn around again. We're not trying that to happen, but again, that's down to players as well. How many, you know, you've got a few players on two-year contracts who will be here next season. You know, you finish one place outside the playoffs, so some of these players will be attractive to other clubs, won't they? They will do, but, uh, you know, look at some of the ones that have left. Uh, Olu was with us a few years, was playing for these earlier on, and he's just been relegated with, uh, with them. So, uh, you know, there's a few that are not in the side. Three of them went to, uh, went to Sutton and have not been playing. So, you know, it's not... It's not, the grass isn't always greener. It is hard where we are, but uh, one thing about it, we're organised. Everybody, they know we're always going to be competitive. And if we just get the right players and keep the ones now that have massive learning experience now, we've got a chance. Do you look at the next season with even more money in this division next season with the sides that are coming up, the likes of Salford and Harrogate, if they, they make it and Chesterfield coming down? Is it, you know, the money league and, and the rest, and you're saying you're in the rest of the league sort of thing? Well, we're a little bit different. We're, we're better organised. We've got a really stable club there, haven't we? You know, you, a lot of clubs are struggling, like the Hartley Pools, the Torquays for money. There's not a, that issue that the club's going to fold. Uh, and it, you walk around the club, and it's it's ready for, ready to go into the football league. But yeah, it's going to be hard competing for players, uh, for with the money. But um, the clubs with all the money can't can't sign all the players can they I mean Leicester proved obviously you know obviously they're paying a few quid but uh, Leicester proved that it's not always the massive clubs that do win things Uh, I mean for five years I mean you know we're saying that five years we've been in the playoffs uh, got promoted in the playoffs again last year we were sixth just a few points behind playoffs and this year goal difference has stopped us get you know so what a magnificent season and then added to that all the FA Cup run yeah. so. well, for you when you sit you know put yourself down have a beer when you get home tonight will there be a point you think oh, I wish we hadn't done that or is just that's football for you no you'd be looking oh, there's things I wish I hadn't done you know but, but you know easier on hindsight as I, as I say there's what is there 24 clubs in here so there's a, a lot of clubs below us there's a lot of some big clubs ex-football league clubs are going down now out of this league so yeah I've, I've made mistakes you know uh, you know everyone does uh, you know so but we've, we've learned a lot as well from this season that if we can keep the ones together that have, have been part of that learning process so to start this interview the chairman said that you've got a job next season was there any doubt that you wouldn't be manager next season um, oh, it's down to him isn't it <laughs> it doesn't matter what I say yeah. so no, all I've ever done uh, is is keep looking forward and that and then until someone says don't do it anymore I've always looked forward so uh, you know that's football isn't it yeah alongside me David Defender Giancarlo Galifuco you know you can see the, the pain on your face from that missing out on goal difference yeah yeah uh... It's devastating. Um, it's 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 hard to uh, to talk about. To be honest, in, in the change room was a bit emotional with everything that happened, uh, especially not even to be out for points, to be out by goal difference. Uh, I'm sure for the next five weeks, I'm going to think about every goal that I, we conceded that we shouldn't have, or every goal we should have scored. And but uh, hopefully, we can learn from it. We can keep this group, and uh, next year we can push on. That's the key thing. A lot of sides that get into the playoffs have had it. A solid side for a couple of seasons, and you know this is a new side from this season. How key is that? Is keeping the personnel together? For me, it's essential. Um, I think that personally, from my personal perspective, this is the best bunch of lads I've ever played with. Uh, from on the field ability to team chemistry to the positive attitude that we've had, regardless of our form. You know, the change room was the same when we were on a 14-game unbeaten run to when we had four games where we had only won one. You know, that was the that's a beautiful thing of a young, aspiring team. So I think if we can keep everyone together, we would definitely be a major threat next year. The manager's been confirmed that he's staying next season. The chairman's confirmed that uh, just after the game. What did he say in the dressing room afterwards? You know, if, if, I'm, if I'm being honest, and I hope this doesn't come across rude, but oh, I was a bit emotional, so I, my, I didn't really hear much. I had my head in my, my hands. I was just trying not to be the one guy who cries like a 14-year-old girl. But, um, well, that shows what it means to you, doesn't it? Football's a passionate game. and that, From the Premier League to the National League, it means a lot to people, doesn't it? Yeah, so I, I know he was saying about how good of a group we've been and how good of a 
how con- uh, considering how new we are that we've uh, gelled so quickly. But uh, to be honest, I, I, yeah, I was just trying to keep myself quiet. Season's over now. What do you do? You going back to Australia for a bit? Yeah, this is the only time I get to go home. So, yeah, I sprint off, unfortunately. Uh, try to go home, see mum and dad, see my brother and sister. It's my only time of the year I can. And then uh, straight back for pre-season. Again, million-dollar question. You, know, you haven't got a contract for next season. Would you like to stay at Dover next season? Of course I would. Uh, I love the coaching staff. I love the fans. Everybody's treated me so well. I've, I feel like uh, I've been here for 20 years. Um, so, yeah, of course I would. And finally... The pain you're feeling now, do you use that in the future so we don't want to feel like this again? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. uh, We'll be approaching uh, game one as if it was uh, this last game next season. So we'll uh, we'll definitely, I'll definitely be one of the people screaming, making sure we don't cop any goals. Oh, Matt. Um, I'm just welling up thinking about it now, John. (laughs) What I want to say is, you know, Chris Kinnear admitted that he made mistakes there and I'm just going to keep looking back and the game for me is that Eastley one. One nil up with, what, five, ten minutes to go. Even if you'd held on for a point, you'd be in the playoffs. Yeah. You uh, lost. Yeah. I think I think it was probably the most dejected when we were called to the pod the next day on that. I, I thought that was going to kick us in the teeth because how we lost that game, I, I, I'll never know. But, yeah, we've, we're where we were. We're probably a little bit naive at situations. If we can keep this squad together, which is the big if, because a lot of teams will be sniffing around players. We've got a few... Uh, players on the contract I'm sure we'll be alright and there has been Chris Kinnear in Chris Kinnear out Jim Parmenter said after the game he's got the job for next season which I think is a, a good decision because it's going to be even tougher league next season and, and you know what you're going to get with Chris Kinnear as he said in his interview there doesn't matter if you've got money we'll be the most organised of sides and that's what Chris Kinnear does well so. Macclesfield have got a small budget and, and what they've done I mean people are saying they've got the smallest budget in the division I find that hard yeah, to yeah. believe I think that's been a, a little bit sugar coated but Macclesfield have shown that you don't need to splash the cash to win the league if you've got the right players and a bit of stability which Dover have, have definitely got with Chris Kinnear and oh, you know I know it's a very much a Chris Kinnear mantra not too high when you, when you win not too low when you lose but I thought that interview was was brilliant because he was actually quite positive, even though what had just happened was was obviously devastating for him. He's a positive person, Chris Kinnear, and he knows what he needs to do next season to get them in the same position again. It's going to be tougher again, but he will get them organised if he can get the right players in. They might not be superstars that are bringing in, unless Miller, which is a big rumour that he's going to come back because of his personal issues. Jim Palmer mentions it to him. They're working on that, and he didn't deny it, Chris Kinnear, that he wasn't coming in. Miller... If he comes back, is a good signing. If he's got his head straight, you're guaranteed 20 goals in that division because his work rate's so good. So, again, you've got to make sure he doesn't disable the rest of the squad because he is. He can be a little bit like that. But Chris Kinnear put his arm around him. If they can strengthen the squad in other positions, there's no reason why they can't be up there again. But the most important thing, stability with Chris Kinnear, you know what you're going to get. You're not going to look at like Woking. When we went there, or Woking on Saturday... Great, really enjoyed relegating them from that point of view. So I've said it out there because they can be a little bit th- thing and they're pretty critical of Dover or they don't bring many fans. But well, all the Wokens thing, you look at these clubs, £99 season tickets they gave away, sold like a bucket load. All their money had gone in August. They had to sell their best two players in January and it didn't work because that's to cover the debt. Doesn't really work, things like that. They're relegated, they may stay up if Dagenham go down. But with Chris Kinnear, and they got rid of Gary Hill. Gary Hill, Good manager, bit like Chris Kinnear, knows what he's doing. Brought in a young manager, Limbrick, maybe the greatest manager in the world in the future. We don't know that. But you need, in the conference, it's a tough league. If Chris Kinnear, I've mentioned before, I was, am I in the Chris Kinnear, Chris Kinnear out, in, out one on the pod? I'm in Chris Kinnear in. Because at my moment, if David don't get up, they're not going to get relegated under Chris Kinnear, which is the most important thing. We could have five Kent sides in the, this division next year. It's going to make it even more exciting. So stay with Chris Kinnear. You know what you're going to get. He's going to bring a load of trialists in the summer and then pick what he wants. But it works. And if you'd offered to eighth position when they had about three players, you'd have taken it. So heads off to him. And just very quickly, Galafuco, I thought he, he spoke very well there, even though you hadn't listened to a word that had been said in the dressing room. But it, to see how much it meant to him, and, and I have to say, fair play to anyone who comes out and, and talks to the press after that disappointment from, from a player point of view. Because you know it's, it's, it's quite easy to just sort of bury your head in the sand. I, w- I wouldn't imagine you'd see Premier League players will be walking head down, it, headphones in, straight through a mix zone. But Galafuco fronted up there, was honest, and, and he sounds like he's been a brilliant si- signing for Dover this season. And hopefully he's going to be there next year. Yeah. Professionally, on the pitch, he probably won't find a, a truer pro. You know, he does his training and he, um, from that point of view, you know, he gives his heart for the team. He doesn't need to. He comes from 
halfway around the world, so it doesn't mean anything. But I think he, his job is his football. He loves his football. You see the disappointment. There is rumours that league clubs are after him. And if again, from a David point of view, if they lose players to better teams, I've got no problem with that because that's how football, the full chain works for football. So good luck to him. Hopefully he does stay. From that interview, he wanted to stay, but footballers can say little different things to after the game. But you could see the the pain in his voice. But yeah, it's, it's disappointing. But I've had a good season. It's been good fun and. Can't wait for August now. <laughs> Enjoyed that little dig that uh, Kinnear made about the janitor <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> Bromley missed out as they lost 5-2 at Maidenhead, a game which ended with United manager Alan Devonshire, as the kids say, throwing some shapes, uh, which is in stark contrast to anything I ever managed to get out of him when I used to cover Braintree Town, let's uh, let's say. Not the most exciting Talking chapter. Talking about showing... Can you floss? Is it flossing? Sorry? Can you floss? This is thing. It's this sort of dance where you move your hips and... Apparently all the kids are doing it. My kids were trying to teach me to do it, but I failed miserably. It's something from a game, Fortnite or something. Do you know anything about this? Well, um, you know, you know, do you... Please send help. I'm in a car with a man who's talking weird things. Yeah, um, I've heard of this game, and I think that was was that the one Deli Ali did at the cup at the cup semi-final. Yeah, and and um, uh, no, I can't Griezmann. Do it. No, no. All oh, right, but maybe we can. If anybody can, to teach video, teach me how to floss because my one of my kids can do it, but I failed miserably. It's all about hip and arm action and. I've struggled with that. Wow. Thanks for that, Matt. Um, <laughs> Wembley, uh, Wembley is on the horizon for Bromley, though. They've got now, obviously, three or well, two and a half more weeks off before the big day, um, when they will be joined by two people in the press box that have just discovered last night. So uh, looking forward to that one um, at Wembley in a couple of weeks' time. We'll talk about that one um, before we get there. Um, last, and by no means least, though, we're going to hear from a manager in Kent, you won't believe this, Matt, who's got his hands on some silverware. Um, it actually took until Saturday for Seven Oaks Town to become champions of the Southern Counties East League, but a win at Irith, where they raised £900 for that charity, by the way, which is brilliant news Fantastic. for Irith. Well done, everyone there. And Seven Oaks donated a couple of hundred quid as well, I understand, um, which is brilliant news. Um, a win at Irith did the trick for Seven Oaks Town, champions of the Southern Counties East League. Um, I spoke to Mickey Collins on Tuesday. I thought it might have finished by then, but that game on Monday at Crober was called off and has now been rearranged for uh, tonight, Wednesday. While well, Whitstable playing on Monday next week at 12 o'clock against Lordswood in their final game of the season. Um, but Mickey was on, was on really good form when I spoke to him and I started by saying to him, asking him how happy he was to have won the league. I suppose the thing was you, you've been so clear for so long but eventually you managed to get it over the line. Yeah, it just gets a bit touchy near the end and um, you know, people start catching you a little bit and then people get worried and uh, but you know, we've been top for so long, it was just it was always gonna be our problem if we failed and fair play to Wichita they had a really good go and you know, tried to push us all the way and you know, almost got us there but um, yeah, I thought we deserved it over the whole, you know, span of the season and um, yeah, great to get it over the line and take the pressure off. I suppose things, the good thing is that Whitsall pushed you a long way, but they got promoted as well, so at least both of you have gone up, because I think you probably deserve to, both, both of you. Oh, absolutely, and you know, from Christmas, for them to go 27-28 unbeaten, says it all, I mean, that's an amazing achievement, and to win a cup and still have another cup final, you know, they could come out with two cups and a promotion, that's an incredible season, but... Um, I thought, league-wise, I thought we were the ones. You know, we only lost four games so far and we've got one to play, but, um, you know, on league form over the season, I thought we deserved it. Obviously, you had a bit of a blip, didn't you? Losing 5-2 over to Sheppard. I guess that wasn't in the, in the script, was it? It wasn't, but they were really good on the day and um, their forwards were excellent and we just, we weren't good enough. There was one part of the game where we had a chance of getting back in it and we didn't take it and, and then they put us to the sword and they thoroughly deserved their win. They were... Um, Far better than us, and I think it galvanised us. Actually, sometimes you look at games and you think, "Wow, you know, we're not as good as we think." And and the boys came out midweek. I think it was against Corinthians that week, and um, hard fought win there. And then obviously Saturday we went and won again. And so now obviously you're planning for life in the positive itself. You know, are you going to be looking to bring in new players? Are you going to give the ones you've got a go? Just make the numbers up. I think we want to try and have a bit of a bit of a go at it. 
I suppose you've seen how Ashford have done this season, so I guess that's kind of a, a learning curve for everyone. That you know they didn't do a lot at first, and they really sort of struggled. So you've got to look and make sure you hit the ground running, haven't you? Absolutely, and you know what? I, I think when Ashford went up, they were they were quite loyal to, to most of their squad and stuck with it. And I don't know whether sometimes that goes against you, but um, we'll look at it. We know where we need to strengthen and, and you know to make us a bit more you know competitive at that level, and, and then we'll we'll see how we go. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's the first time I've pitted my wits at that level as a manager rather than a player. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to some new places and totally different different scenarios. I was going to say, it's exciting times for you and for the club, isn't it? Oh, it's incredible. You know, for the club, no one would have dreamed of it. I've said it before, four years ago when I took over, um, who would have said that we'd get seven in for step four football? It's unheard of. It's a, it's a little club. I know we've done well off the, off the pitch, but... It's um yeah, it was a fantastic day, it really was and you know what, everyone that's took part, whether it's the chairman down the directors and everyone that's been involved, it's a, it's been a great effort from everyone and yeah, I was very proud Saturday and um it's just to put them on the map has been it's been so good and now we, we can't foul. Now we've got to go on and, and not mess it up and make sure we, we consolidate and keep our position. And your home form was very good this year, so I guess you that you're gonna know that you need to do that again next season. Absolutely, you know, and, and I, I didn't think it would come that quick because we didn't have that much time to work on the 3G pitch, but obviously we've had a season on it and it suited the style of football we play and you know, we try to play attractive football and hopefully that will suit us even more in the, in the Bostick and there's a few sides in there that play on that, so hopefully that will help us as well. And I guess just finally the one thing that the club probably wants is to get a few punters through the door to come and watch your team on a Saturday. I think that'll happen, you know, I look at the average attendance this year and I think it's over 120, which is a lot better than we've ever had. And, you know, the Sheppey game, Sheppey brought a few, but not loads. And, and we had a crowd of 365. So, and I think if, if Saturday's game had been at home, I know we probably took quite a few over there looking at the end of the game. And I think if that had been at home Saturday to win the title, I think we may have had much in 500. So, they are there. Um, and success does bring them out. And, and playing attractive football helps. So that's up to me to make sure we um, deliver that at the start of next season and hopefully get them through the door. Um best two teams in that league got promoted Matt this, it's as simple as that isn't it and that's what Mickey Collins said and fair play to them and to Whitstable it, the most consistent I was that's won the division Seven Oaks we've been, I think we've been saying for about March oh, we're going to win the week, league this week and as he said they had a big wobbles and I liked how he gave a bit of respect to, to Whitstable who were my tip from the start of the season where they've got the, the basis of the squad there. they'll go into the next division interesting you mentioned about Ashford in the interview there it didn't really work out for them but interesting to see the how they get on early doors in that division, will they keep with the squad that they've had before? Mickey Collins knows what players he's got to uh, strengthen in that department, but it'll be interesting to see how they get on. And We've seen it before. Has a side gone straight through from Scaffold into the Gostick Premier? Probably not. Ramsgate did a few years ago. Yeah, that, many years ago. Many, many years, years ago. ago. Maybe they did it from there, but Seven Oaks on the... Uh, yeah, have had a good season. They seem to be working stuff off the pitch. Mickey Collins has done a a great job there and I'm sure he was probably the proudest man in Kent when they won that league yeah and you know I enjoyed that interview with him yesterday because you know he did show plenty of respect to the other teams there and around and he he knows what he's got to do next year he says he's never managed at that level before but I think he's really looking forward to it but you know a lot of managers might say oh well you know we're going to stick with the players but he was open he said we need to strengthen in some areas you know they've kind of done that process a little bit by bringing in players like Ben Wilson Kenny Pogue who know that level I think Pogue ended up with 18 in 18 for Seven Oaks after his move there if they can keep him, he's a threat at that level. But they are going to need to just find a few little a few little players in there. And as I said to him there, the home form, which is phenomenal this year, is going to be so important for them. Yeah, I think what well, you may find, there's a you know a lot of academy players that maybe the Ebbsfeets of Dartfords, maybe look at them, well, we don't want to put them in the scaffold, but in the defence, we might be able to loan a few players down to them that can work from that. Mickey Collins you know, is, is a good manager who wears his heart on his sleeve and players will learn from him and... He's the kind of manager you want to play for. So I think Seven Oaks could be an attractive target for certain players. And it'll be interesting to see if we see players moving from the other Kent clubs around, you know, your Herm Bays, your, your Whitstables and Faversham's. They're all going for the same similar type player. It'll be interesting to see who's got the 
extra bit of quality to get the ghost players. And it'll be an interesting season for those clubs. In those They're areas. in a different sort of area as well, aren't they, Seven Oaks? Where, yeah. You know, geographically where they are, you know, there's only really this sort of Tunbridge Angels, Tunbridge Wells sort of around them that close. So it's almost a case where they've now got the pick of any player over in, in that area. We, I used to say about in the Bostick South, whoever got promoted out of the Kent teams would have the pick of all the best players in that so Mickey, Mickey Collins might have that. You know, he might be able to go and, and pick some of the best players that he's seen in the Southern Counties East League. But like you say, there may also be t- players who are based maybe a little bit more of this way, who don't want to travel, but want to play Bostick level, who may want to come to Seven Oaks. But, you know, it is important, as, as I finished by saying to him there, that they that becomes a club. It's not a football town, Seven Oaks. It's, it's not really a sporting town too much, to be honest. You know, so they've got the cricket club, they've got the rugby club. But it's not a place where you would associate, where the first thing you think is, oh, what a place for sport, Seven Oaks. But they have got an opportunity there, Seven Oaks Town, to, to push through. And, you know, hopefully the fans will get behind them. They'll get, they'll get a few more people coming in. Obviously, there's not so many home games in that league now. Um, I think it's only a 20-team league, isn't it? Yeah. So they've got no, the same number as they've had this year. But I just, I, I really hope that, that Seven Oaks can, can do well next year because, you know, there is no reason why they can't, sort of challenge if they hit the ground running you know they've got the momentum from having such a great season and that's what Ashford did wrong really was that they came up didn't make too many changes they stumbled out of the blocks they lost their first what three games all heavily changed the manager and it's taken them until the backstage of the season and another change of manager to to get them where they want to be and you know Seven Oaks will will look at that they'll learn from that and and I think that they could they could have a good season and same for Whistle as well. It's going to be a learning curve for Seven Oaks because they're places places they've never played before. It's all a bit of excitement for you. So for Seven Oaks fan, you know it's a big factor. You've gone to a different league. You're playing different sides now, and good luck to them. I think they could be in for a successful season. But keep a lookout for who's moving from where because there'll be a lot of uh, swapping over of players. I would have thought. Yeah, excellent. Well, that is just about it for this week's show. Um, I hope you've all enjoyed listening to it and thanks to everyone who's given up their time, especially uh, three people on there who have just had absolute devastation and seen their seasons ended and then still had the time to talk to us, which is always really appreciated. Um, as I say, we're, we're 40 weeks in now. I still can't believe um, how how well this is kind of going, um, but we're, we're really pleased with it. And um, we'll be with you next week for... And then... Uh, I'll explain something about the week after, but don't worry about that just yet. Um, but as always, keep in touch with us. We're on social media uh, at Kent NL Podcast on Twitter and at Kent on League on Facebook. And uh, yeah, I don't think I've got anything else to say, Matt. I think it's been a, another good show. Thanks to everyone who's, who's listened. Um, I hope that it. Well, good luck to Dartford um, and Ebbsfleet in their playoff games, and of course, folks in Invicta. Hopefully, we'll have something a little bit more upbeat to talk about when we're with you next week. But thanks very much to everyone for listening. You move your arms one way and your hips the other way.